This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about love languages. So if you're not familiar, Gary Chapman is the author of a book called The Five Love Languages. The love languages describe different ways that people communicate and express feelings of affection. So if you read this book, you can also take a quiz to assess your which of the five love languages you are. And we thought that this would be appropriate because it has such it plays such a huge role in your communication style with your partner. So just so we're all on the same page, I'll go ahead and explain what the five love languages are. I'm taking this straight from a chart that we will link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. I just want to first of all go over and share that I love using the love languages. I've been using it for a couple of years now before my boyfriend and now during the time I have a boyfriend and it's it's great. I, just, I used it outside of relationship, romantic relationships and in romantic relationships. I think it's a great tool overall and it's a great way to reframe kind of the way you think about how you communicate in different ways to communicate. Because as we've talked about in many of our previous episodes, communication isn't just with our words. It's a lot of other ways to show people that you're in a relationship with whatever form that might be, what you're thinking. So we're going to go into what they are now, but I thought it was a great framework that Gary Chapman created. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's a wonderful framework and you get to learn a little bit more about yourself by taking this and reading this and thinking about these things and analyzing the way that you connect with other people and it can definitely be applied to other relationships, not just romantic. Okay, so without further ado, we have the first love language is words of affirmation, which means communicating with encouragement, affirming others, showing appreciation, empathizing, and listening actively. If this is your partner's love language, actions to take would be send an unexpected note, text, or card, encourage genuinely and often, and things to avoid would be non-constructive criticism, not recognizing or appreciating effort. So we should point out that if you take this quiz, also have your partner take the quiz and learn your partner's love language so that you can adapt your communication style to meet their needs and they can adapt to yours. Yeah. I took the quiz a while back and words of affirmation is second to last out of the five on mine, but I still think it is such a huge component of the way that I like to be communicated with and the way that I communicate. And thinking back on what you just said, Trisha, uh, based on that chart, it was interesting that you said it's not just speaking those kind of words. It's also, what was the last piece you said? I think it was that encouraging, showing or feeling appreciated. Mm -hmm. Appreciating effort. Yeah. Appreciating effort. I think that's huge. I'm really big on appreciation if you noticed in our last episode, but I, I think it's funny that it's second to last on mine, but I still think it is such a huge part of the way that I communicate with my boyfriend and with others. What's interesting, and we'll of course get into this more 
throughout this episode, but is that I think each person has each love language to a certain degree. What the reading the book and taking the quiz helps you do is to rank them to see which ones you most identify with in your current relationship, or if you're single, which ones you ideally would connect with or how you connect with others in your friendships and work relationships, etc. So the next one is physical touch. How to communicate would be nonverbal, use body language and touch to emphasize love. Actions to take are hug, kiss, hold hands, show physical affection regularly, and make intimacy a thoughtful priority. Things to avoid if your partner's love language is physical touch is physical neglect, long stints without intimacy, or receiving affection coldly. So I know Molly has an interesting relationship with physical touch. So I hate physical touch (laughs) in the way that when I'm with people around me that are not my immediate close ones, like my mom, my dad, or I guess Joey. And I can't think of anybody else. (laughs) And Trisha. Thank you. And yeah, like a handful of my friends. Trisha, you're one of them, but not all of my friends. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because it is last on my list of love languages. However, my romantic partner has it first. It's so, it was such a big learning curve for me because I was like, oh, this is not what I was, you know, expecting and it's, it's harder, but now we've got a good jive going on in our relationship. But yeah, I don't like it when I'm like with friends that I'm not super close with or if I'm upset and someone tries to comfort me with a hand on my shoulder or a hug I'm like no do not touch me I do not feel comfort by that I do not like it but it's been definitely a big learning curve in my romantic relationship because having joy have it number one and me having it last I've had to perspective take a lot to show my affection towards him with physical touch versus my top one of quality time so do you go out of your way to hold his hand or do physical actions to show him that you do care that this is his love language? Yes, I do. And now it's interesting to me because I read his communication as mostly physical touch. So if he's not doing that back to me, like trying to hold my hand or putting his hand on my knee or whatever, I'm like, what's wrong? So it's really interesting. But yeah, I have started going out of my way to do all those small physical touch things that I don't completely feel comfortable with, but I've definitely grown a lot and I feel comfortable. I would say I feel really comfortable with them now, especially since it's a huge part of our relationship and how he communicates. Mm -hmm. That I think it's awesome that you guys talked about that for one, which we can also talk about in a bit. But the next one is receiving gifts. So how to communicate would be thoughtfulness, make your spouse a priority and speak purposefully, which you would think gift giving is always physical and material gifts, but this is really talking about gifting with your time. Well, gifting with your thoughtfulness and your prioritization of your partner. Actions to take would be give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small things matter in a big way. Express gratitude when receiving a gift. So things to avoid would be forgetting special occasions and unenthusiastic gift receiving. I think this is really interesting. That's for people who don't necessarily 
who aren't big into giving gifts, when they receive a gift, they might not think much of it. And it's like, oh, cool, thanks. Whereas if you're a person that really likes to give gifts and you get excited about giving someone a gift and then you see it like on the floor of their closet two months later and they obviously don't care about it, that's kind of hurtful. So make sure that you talk about this and show your appreciation when someone does go out of their way to give you a gift because you don't know what their love language might be. Me and Joey struggle with this because giving gifts is last on his and it's third on mine, but I do have a special relationship with giving gifts in Molly general. I'm very really... good at giving gifts. She has very Thank thoughtful, you. kind, specific, personal gifts. I try really hard at them and I love them. So me and Joey have worked hard at this. I know he always genuinely appreciates my gifts, but I thought this was a good point that you brought up that it's also showing that appreciation really strongly when you know the person who is giving the gifts has it high on their list of love languages. So Mm -hmm. I remember I told Joey once, I was like, I need you to be, I know this is very lost on your list and I know you don't care about it a lot, but there is a give and take in this and I need a little bit more appreciation even though you don't like gifts. And so that was really helpful and he did that. And I know he genuinely does, but sometimes he doesn't show it because it's not like his go-to thing. Yeah. So that was a nice conversation we had and he will bring them up every once in a while. Like, Oh yeah, I like, I like, he said this the other day, I got him a candle and it was a candle that is made out of a beer glass. That's his favorite beer. And he loves candles and he loves beer. So I was joking around with him the other day. I was like, yeah, I still haven't seen that candle lit or anything. He's like, well, it was one of the nicest candles I've ever gotten. So things like that I need to like pocket in my back pocket and he says more so yeah that that's why I think the thing is helpful about love languages is you start to understand things from your partner's perspective but it's just another note on the gift giving I like getting small little tokens of appreciation when I'm traveling for example so I would take a lot of trips and always bring my coworkers back something like I brought them pens from Peru or a book or something that I saw that just reminded me or a bookmark something silly and then I saw this pile in our office of all these gifts that I brought back and I was like no nobody likes my gifts until finally really yeah and I know that it's not my coworkers it's not that he didn't love the gifts that I brought him, but that's just, he's a minimalist. It's not his thing. He doesn't need like a bookmark with his name on it and stuff like that. But I was really excited because I brought back that llama pen from Peru and he loves it and he uses it and he tells me that he uses it. And so actions speak louder than words with gifts too, if you're using it. And I remember I had another friend who gave, who spent a lot of money buying a really nice watch for his best friend. And I remember him talking to me about it like three years later. And he's like, I've never seen him wear that watch. It really upsets me. I don't know why. And so you can, you want to show your appreciation for the gift with words, but you also want to use the gift, I think is a big, is a big thing. Between me and Trisha, I got her some earrings the other day for Christmas. And I think it was way late, (laughs) but I did. And the other day she snapped me a picture of her wearing them. And that meant so much to me because I was like, oh, no, like, oh my gosh, she's wearing them. And she was like, I planned my whole outfit around this, I think. Right? I did. I actually wore yeah. those yesterday. Oh, see, it makes me feel so good. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just earrings. But I know like Trisha loves those and she wore them and made me feel good. So thank you. And I get to think when, when you give gifts, I like giving gifts because then people think of you, you know, like I get to think of Molly yeah. every time I put on those earrings. 
Okay. Exactly. So the next one we have is quality time. That is my number one. And so that means for Molly, how to communicate would be uninterrupted and focused conversations. One-on-one time is critical. Actions to take. Create special moments together. Take walks and do small things with your spouse or partner. Weekend getaways are huge. Things to avoid would be distractions when spending time together or long stints without one-on-one time. I remember reading this chart and I thought it was such an eye-opening version of it because me and Joey only spend a couple days together a week, but we have our nightly basically like phone dates if we don't see each other that day. And I never thought of that as quality time, but it is. And I think that's so nice. And I didn't realize that we were valuing that in any way. Cause I remember thinking about it. I was like, Oh, me and Joey don't spend that much like physical time together because we have crazy work schedules, but it's my number one. How have I never really felt unfulfilled by that? And it's like, Oh, it's because we still have our uninterrupted phone conversations every day. So that's a really helpful thing. Yeah. I think that's how long distance couples make it work. Cause I'm sure some people who have quality time as their number one are long distance. And thankfully with technology, we can have those conversations frequently. My roommate Margo has a long distance boyfriend and he lives in Minnesota. She lives in California. So time difference and long distance is very hard. So they have a nightly FaceTime routine that they always do. Even if we're hanging out, she will go and give him a quick FaceTime call. And it's, I know it's never going to be more than 10 minutes, so I don't mind. And it's, it actually makes me feel happy to help let her do that because it's giving them the quality time that they need since they don't have it very much. And they have a nightly 10 minute, 10 to 20 minute, like FaceTime exchange. And it's really nice to kind of keep their quality time up because I think Margot's is quality time. I think a big part of this with any of the love languages is it teaches you how to prioritize certain aspects of your relationship. So if your partner's love language is quality time, you have to prioritize time with them. So my friend is going through something right now with her boyfriend who she happens to work with. So they see each other from nine to five, Monday to Friday, guaranteed. And her top love language is also quality time. His We don't know because he hasn't taken the quiz, which I keep encouraging her to send it to him and have him take it. And she feels weird about it. Don't feel weird about it. This is if you are invested in a relationship, there's nothing embarrassing or weird to say about, hey, I want to strengthen our relationship. Take this quiz so that I can understand you better and you can understand me better. Anyway, so she's struggling right now because they only see each other maybe once or twice a week and she wants to see him more than that. And perhaps he feels, well, I see you every day at work, but that's not quality time together. They're not focused on each other. They're probably not talking about anything super deep. They see each other. Yes, they're in the same physical space, but that's not quality time. So a big part, a big lesson and takeaway from that is make sure that you share with your partner what you want specifically and figure out what their love language is as well. Because if they, it kind of shifts the lens once you understand where your partner is coming from. So for example, if Molly's boyfriend's number one is physical touch 
And in the beginning, she didn't know that. Then he's reaching out to touch her knee. She's not going to think much of it. But now that she knows, oh, him touching my knee is a sign of affection, then she can appreciate it more. So just understanding these love languages and your partner's love language can help you adapt your priorities to meet their needs as well as your own. And yeah, exactly. Just interpreting them is way easier. I think Joey brought it up before we were even officially dating. I think it was like week two or something. And he's like, what's your love language? So it's, it was, it's really important and it helps you understand the other person so much more. And then exactly what you said, like it helps you understand yourself way more too. I don't think I knew all of these things about myself until I took the quiz. So, and it helps me kind of organize my communication styles. Yeah. Okay. So then the last, the fifth love language we have is acts of service. How to communicate would be use action phrases like I'll help. They want to know you're with them, partnered with them. Actions to take would be do chores together or make them breakfast in bed, go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload. And things to avoid would be making the requests of others a higher priority, lacking follow-through on tasks big and small. I think this one is the one that, to me, the description was the biggest surprise based on the name of the love language. Like when I think acts of service, it took me a minute to process what they're actually saying. But this one's really interesting because going off of what we were just saying about understanding and interpreting your partner's actions, if acts of service is your love language and you're doing the dishes to you, that's a sign of affection. It's, Hey, I'm doing the dishes. If your partner doesn't know that that's important to you and they're not going to appreciate it, they're going to disregard it. And like, Oh, it's just doing the dishes. Or if let's say that's important to you and you ask your partner, like, Hey, could you do the dishes once in a while? You know, they're not going to think it's a big deal. It's just something silly. But to you, that's a sign of affection. And so understanding that and knowing, okay, wow, if I just do the dishes, like she's going to be really happy because it's an act of service and it's the way that she likes to receive affection. So I think it's really important to consider. I think that is one that is could be overseen a lot as not being a love language in a relationship and that could be a huge discrepancy in a relationship. If someone is showing their love a lot, like you said, through acts of service and the other person doesn't ever see that, that could be one that is very overlooked because it isn't so overt in affection. And the other thing you want to kind of treat this like giving gifts is show your appreciation in any of these. Actually, you want to always show your appreciation for what your partner is doing. So if you're, partner does help do the dishes or fixes your car or something like that, you want to say, thank you. Like, I really appreciate you going out of your way to do that, showing that appreciation because that's going to strengthen their desire to want to do these things for you too. So people are, and it's validation. Mm -hmm. So if you're, so let's take Molly and Joey as an example. If Joey is going out of his way to prioritize quality time with Molly, even though that's not super high on his list. If Molly never acknowledges that he's doing that, then he's going to be less likely to want to do that. Whereas if she builds up the positive momentum and say, thank you for taking the time to spend with me today, or I really enjoyed spending time with you today, he's going to feel good. He's going to want to keep doing those things to make her happy. Just like if Molly goes out of her way to hold Joey's hand and things like that, he can say, I appreciate you doing these things that weren't comfortable for you in the beginning. 
So I want to go back to what you said, Molly, about now that we've gone through this whole chart, we can talk a little bit more about love languages as a whole. You said that Joey asked you your love language like two weeks into dating, right? Yes. How was that for you? And what would you recommend for people who, like my friend, who don't know how to bring this up with their partner, who who maybe feel weird about it because maybe one of them is really familiar with these sorts of things, but the other one isn't? How? What's a sensitive way that we can bring this up to someone who may not be as familiar? Well, first of all, with me and Joey, it was different because we were both pretty familiar with it. And for me, that was a sign of like emotional maturity, wanting to know that about me. And I was like, wow, that shows that he really is in tune with that kind of thing. And that's what I need in a man. So for your friend, I would maybe recommend just kind of gauging his, first of all, awareness of what this thing is, if he even knows about it or not. And I think it's important to make it clear that she's interested in it and that it's something, it's not anything bad because obviously me and Joey did it very early on and it wasn't a sign of like, we're falling apart. It was a sign of like, I want to make sure that we're understanding each other because we're all different humans and we're all different people. So having her just kind of share that with him, like, Hey, I think we might have different communication styles. I'd love to know yours. Cause mine is this. Let's see how we can better, mesh our styles and understand each other and I can see a lot of people who aren't familiar with this going like oh my gosh it's like a therapy thing or oh my gosh it's like a fixer-upper thing no it's it's just another lens to look through communication and people through it's nothing bad it's great it's it's helpful in any situation in any relationship and I think just again doing the self-work and better understanding yourself is huge for a relationship. You cannot be in a relationship with someone unless you've done the work on yourself and make it successful. Yeah. What I, thank you. I loved all of that. And what it made me think of was the fact that this is actually a very safe and objective way to approach difficulties you may be having in your relationship. Because if you both read the book and are thinking through these different love languages and the way that you handle affection, you're not going to be coming at your partner from an accusatory standpoint. If you say, gosh, you never spend any time with me, that's going to feel like an accusation and a criticism to your partner. Whereas if you say, hey, I get that quality time isn't top on your list, but based on this quiz, it is top on mine. And in my self-reflection and analysis, that's really what I need from you right now. And then show that you're willing to compromise and make do what it takes to appease their love language as well but it actually I think would make it easier to talk about certain things because then you have something to blame it on you say like this is my personality this is the way that I handle things as opposed to you're not doing the dishes enough or why don't you ever hold my hand or things like that where people don't know necessarily where you're coming from this actually could be a way to both of you step outside the relationship for a second look at it from a more objective standpoint to understand both yourself as well as your partner And it really helps too in allowing the other person to have some ownership on it and not telling them what to do. Because in the situation you described, if you told me that, say me and Trisha were in a relationship and Trisha said, hey, hold my hand or do my dishes, I'd be like, cool, I have no choice now and I'm being told to do this now I'm resentful. Mm -hmm. But if we had, me and Trisha now are in a relationship, we (laughs) did this 
um, love language quiz together, I would have more ownership on how to make Trisha happy by saying, oh, she needs more quality time. I can come up with it myself. Oh, I'll do this thing. And lo and behold, Trisha's happy, right? It's like, yeah, and people who ask, like, what's the secret to making your partner happy? You have to know what that four-year-specific partner. Yeah. And the so I think this is a great framework, and I think really any framework to understand, to better understand yourself as well as other people is helpful. So take Myers-Briggs. It's a personality test. Some people do Ayurveda. There are different dosha types. You can do astrology and learn your zodiac sign, all these things. In my opinion, I just like learning about all of them and seeing what works for me and what fits best with my beliefs system and which are most in alignment with my values. But in any case, you're going to gain something and you don't really have much to lose except for insight into how different people process personalities. And being able to process personalities in general is a helpful tool, but it's going to make your relationship a lot stronger. Totally. On a point on that, it's really funny. Me and a lady I work with have both the same birthday. So we're both cancers. And so we both have decided that we're very emotional people. And it's funny because that's kind of how we understand each other. And it helps us check in with each other too. She's really funny. The other day, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, the moon is out of whack. So I wanted to make sure you're okay. And so oh, yeah. it made Mercury, me... Mercury in retrograde right now, it's throwing everyone off. That's water signs. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really cool to talk about that in that type of framework too. It just, again, allowed us to connect and understand each other. So now we both know we're really emotional. So if anything happens, we can be very sensitive around that because our work is a very stressful environment. So, yeah, I think you always have to be sensitive with things like that too, though, is you don't want to set, put your belief on someone else. Like maybe they don't believe in that and say like, well, you're just the cancer. That's how you are. But you know, it's because me and her have this, we're both, Using that as a framework, yeah. Yeah, so you want to be on the same page. And same with love language. Like, if you know that this about yourself and you can make smart guesses about what you think your partner is, but you can't put words in their mouth and say, well, I can just tell that your love language is this and therefore blah, blah, blah. You need them to come to that realization on their own. And often I think the way that we perceive ourselves is quite different from how the rest of the world perceives us and so it's important for you to take the quiz but also discuss it with your partner and say wow I'm really surprised that physical touch is so important to you I would have thought that your number one would be acts of service but now I have better insight on what you really want as opposed to what you were doing before when so I was don't perceiving to prescribe or assign your partner with something that you think is what they're doing because maybe their actions were not in alignment with what they truly want and this quiz might be a chance for them to get that outlet to say this is actually my desire you know this is and I haven't been getting this or I have and thank you for giving me that totally I think again just a great framework and whatever framework you want, but it, this one's a great one to do it because it's pretty universal. I think a lot of people know about it. I don't know how many people have used it. Okay, cool. So my take home for today would be whether you're in a relationship or not, take the quiz. Take the love language quiz, and if you are in a relationship, make sure you share it with your partner. You cannot expect them to be a mind reader and to just know how you're feeling. You need to talk about it with them, 
if you don't know how to bring it up, say, hey, I listened to this podcast today and they told me to do this. And then you can send them a link to our podcast and they won't think that you're crazy. I have a point on that too. I just thought of it in the way of like speaking different languages, literally. Like if you're mm. one person in the relationship and you're like, but you need more quality time, da 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 Like if they don't understand what you're talking about, they don't know the love languages, then you're literally speaking another language to them and you're not on the same page. So you both need to be on the same page by having knowing what this concept is and taking the quiz. That just made me think of people who are in relationships with other people who don't, who aren't native speakers of the same language. Like if you're dating someone who is not, yeah, it would be difficult because yes, even if they speak the language or you speak their language, I always found when I would speak with guys in Italian, there's a certain level of like my humor and my personality that they could just, I could never show them, even though I could speak the language and understand the words they were saying. But in that sort of case, love language could be a huge deal because then you, this becomes nonverbal in a lot of cases. And so it's more your action based and your yeah, more action-based, so then that can help strengthen your relationship despite not necessarily having the actual language. Definitely. All right, my take-home is the same as Trisha's. (laughs) I think just having, taking the quiz, and if you are in a relationship, have your partner also take the quiz. It's kind of fun. It's kind of like being in school again and doing like one of those stupid buzzfeed quizzes or whatever too like just making it a bonding experience something fun to do with your partner yeah cool yeah there's really only one take home for this but all right thank you well we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any questions or thoughts please feel free to reach out to us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com or you're welcome to message us on facebook or instagram lostartofcommunication and if you enjoyed this episode we would Hugely appreciate if you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes to help us get found by others. Yes. All right. Thank you, guys. And we'll be back next week.